often gravitate towards the commercial side of things obviously because that's where the money is right um which is also absurd like just being in school um thinking about how there was this weird attitude towards the institution um in the sense where it was like oh like we don't value commercial dance here we look at it as less than but when I was growing up, I always had, I guess, the idea that everyone looks at the commercial world as more than because right. it's where the money is. So it was totally. a little weird to me when everyone was suddenly like, we need to like pull up like commercial dance to be like looked at as valued. It's like the old, the old money institutions, like yeah, versus the, the kind of new, uh, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, totally, yes. And like- um, That's so funny. Ballet being a lot of, people shit on ballet it's so funny <laughs> uh for being like you know the white man's dance or <laughs> what is like dancing for beyonce which yeah. is now like the the it's the highest yeah. uh, gig you can get for right dancer it's like that's the same thing that ballet was when they were dancing for the yeah. king or whatever it's yeah. literally the same fucking shit <laughs> But this is, but wokely, you know. Yeah, no, it's not like the thing, but yeah, yeah black, black is, is king. king. Yeah, literally dancing for the king. Yeah, like, totally, totally. That's so funny. Uh, and that is where the fucking money's at. If you're trying to do concert dance right now, one, the amount of gigs there are for you is like zero. Four. Yeah. percent. Yeah. Versus, um, well... The commercial dance world is more like the gig economy. It is, There's yes. gigs. Uh-huh. It's just gig after gig after gig. And you're not required to, like, sign a contract for X amount of years or whatever. And concert dance is trying to mimic that. But very unsuccessfully. <laughs> very... Because they don't have... Uh, they're not piggybacking off of anything. Like, the thing about commercial dance is it's often piggybacking off of something, whether it's a musical artist right. or selling a product... The money totally. is not in the dancing. Yeah. It is in the commodity that you're assisting in promoting. Right. You're an Whether advertiser. it's Beyonce or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, like, commercial or concert dance is trying to mimic this model, but it can't. Right. Because it doesn't have a thing it's trying to sell besides itself. Right. Exactly. And to dance at that level and do that type of work... With a company that takes like years of nurturing and being yeah. a part of something and you know moving to the Hague or whatever <laughs> and, and doing NDT and living yeah. there and, yeah. and and investing your life into that. Mm-hmm. No, well that's why you see this trend too, and I think it's a kind of two way chicken and egg situation because you see. <sighs> I think a lot of these companies are interested in, we've talked about this before, younger mm-hmm. and younger dancers. Yes. 
and but the at the same time, I know. But at the same time, you also see younger and younger people, like people at younger and younger ages, leaving their companies to start their own project or an independent right. project or a solo project, and. Um, yeah, it's this thing we talk about all the time with like right. individualization and um nobody cares about your story. Like yeah. <laughs> like and like yeah. everyone leaves these companies cuz they want to tell their story. Yeah. And nobody really hires anybody. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah. A, yeah. Whereas now again, it's not about having a meaningful career that is, you know, you know, deeply rooted in something. It's about, right. well, how can I try to kind of uh, skyrocket my way to the top of the yeah, market? Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. How can I be Emma Portner or whatever? <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's 100% the idea. And it's very know? clear. It's like one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's very much market logic disguised as storytelling totally passion yeah like uh justice <laughs> right it, yeah it's, it's like none of those things yeah it's no it's the opposite it is it's the it opposite. is it's vicious capitalism <laughs> yeah. it's vicious capitalism yeah. and dancers can be so unbelievably cruel about that shit. oh yeah you know the people i've noticed that are the most like social justice warrior like outwardly and like spoken are on like a person to person basis the most competitive evil shit talkers. Yeah, totally. That and that is true. Like yeah. when I like a lot of the, you know, people that are a little, I guess you can call them like apolitical or just like normal people where they're like next social justice like marketing project isn't the forefront of their personality. Like those people are often just nicer. Yeah. People, too. Totally. Because if you're thinking like that, of, like, every instance, every situation that you're in is some kind of power struggle where yeah. one person is on top and the other person is being oppressed by them, that's how <laughs> they think. You yeah. Know, that's that ideology. That's that worldview. And then even their dance, the way that it looks, is so... Uh, it looks like that Judson Church, like disaffected um like Lar it's a blank larp. stare um <laughs> like gestural yeah um but it's not libidinal it's no. not like they don't even have a sense of the ground you no know what i mean it's very like uh dis uh, disassociated from their body yes but it's dance yes but you Ew. can see it in them but it's yeah. very it can be very good in scare quotes <laughs> because they have like a skill set. Right. Um, but when you watch it, it's not moving or interesting or even challenging. Yeah. People have been saying it more and more like, make good shit. Right. Good shit that's challenging in that way because, I mean, we've deconstructed as much as we could deconstruct. Yeah. Like, we, we know that. There's, there's no further questions to ask right. in that way. Um, so I guess the question is what is challenging and what Walter Ben Michaels was saying about it was like, um, like the autonomy, the autonomy of form yes, is really totally. challenging right now because it can be condescending. Like 
I think a lot of people talk about like open for interpretation, but that like sense of openness can it gets condescending. Totally. Um, and it's like what I was reading it was like it's about like I'm not making something about each individual's interpretation because then that is when you really lose the collective completely and that's what's happening and it's trickling into the way that the dance world is organizing totally right now (laughs) like everyone's making their own thing and everyone is atomized and everyone's like polarized and there's no companies like companies right should exist and everyone's romanticizing and glorifying the gigification mm-hmm. and the like individual projects and like what is the end goal there we're all gonna like fight for the same grant like state grants to like tell our story right and not make <laughs> any good art yeah. for the community that's funding us right because they're not supposed to be paying they are not so su- their tax dollars are not supposed to be funding our catharsis yeah, right. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a story about, you know, how my, you know, I don't know, my mother beat me. It's like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is that? Yeah, besides, go, like, go, not that that's not yeah, real. Yeah, no. But what is that besides, like, your own, like, uh, you did a, a public therapy session. Yes, yeah. I suppose, like, okay... You know, there are commendable things about that, maybe. Like, trying to give it the benefit of the doubt as much as possible. But I just feel like, at this point, like... I think the original... mm, Like, concept behind telling your story was not for the person telling the story. It was, at a point, radical to tell your story. For the vulnerability. For right. all of these things that weren't necessarily a part of performance before. Right. It wasn't originally even about the individual. Is what individualizing your dance said yeah. overall. Totally. But now it's so common and that's become so, I guess... Uh, that's the hegemonic kind of... Yeah, so whatever. now it doesn't say shit, obviously. Right. But... Everybody still wants to do it for very obvious reasons. Right. One, it centers you. Yes. And it's a bunch of narcissists. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, two, you know, I think it's actually kind of, it's become kind of cowardly to lean Mm -hmm. on that. It's not brave. It's not courageous. Because you're not talking about the world. You're not talking about the larger... uh, kind of ecosystem that we're living in you're, right it's very easy to talk about yourself now yeah we can all do it maybe not for men yeah but definitely for women yeah it's like that's how we control everything well <laughs> no and it's, and it's funny because the narrative is kind of um i was thinking about this actually because i was listening to a podcast that featured marco Gecke. Mm-hmm. um And he basically, you know, talks about how his, like, pieces are very apolitical or whatever. Um, Because, obviously, they're not making a, like, identitarian, like, style statement. Because apparently, like, in a lot of this, like, hegemonic view, if you're not making a statement about your cultural identity category, it's apolitical. 
And that is what political is, yeah, for, which is right, absolutely right. absurd. That's the only way they conceive of, of pol politics. Of the realm of the pol yes. political, yeah. So his work, um, he is a white European male, so he obviously oh doesn't God. have an identity to equip. <laughs> right. So his work, by default, of his identity is apolitical. Right. Um, and, you know, I think there's this narrative that um, this, these men, in particular these white men, their art is, um, and their dances are very apolitical, but in a sense, in this weird way, it almost makes, it makes what they do even more political. Right. Because they, they're, they have to do something else. And, you know, people, as one of the main things that is said in liberal arts school, because I have all I have all the juice because I was just exposed to it. It's my yeah. lived experience. <laughs> but um, what people say is, uh, women part and people of color, so especially women of co of color have you know their identities imposed onto them and don't even have the choice to make apolitical dances. Right. Uh, my existence is resistance, all of that type of shit. Like, a, yeah, like exactly. it's a privilege to even think you could um, have an Make existence. Out, yeah. I think what I was getting at basically is like, you see um, these apolitical things and it's just absurd because Again, most of the time they're inherently just more political just by what they do. Right. And they're often challenging. And it's like, after seeing so much of the same personal stories and shit, it's just yeah. like, it gets to a point where it's like, maybe there's a discrepancy in what's successful Right. Because you're all doing the same shit. And it, like, you know, you gotta take, like, agency over your work at a point. It's like. You can only say your identity is imposed onto you so many times. Especially if you're not gonna actively try to oppose that. Right. It, it, and that's more <laughs> tokenizing and mm -hmm. racist and fucked up because. We're women. What if we don't want to make dances about us being oppressed as women, you know? Right, and what people would say is like, no matter what you make, it's gonna see be seen through the lens of you being a woman, so you have to take that into account. Fuck no. It's 100% untrue as well. Right, it's untrue, and like, you know, if you tell yourself something enough, yeah, it's gonna be true, and if you give into that, it's gonna be true, and I think that especially learning that People have to realize, too, what you learn in these very elite institutions yeah. is creating what people go out into the world with. So these people coming out of these institutions are like, our identities are opposed onto us. Yeah, because you're all being turned out of these institutions that are telling you your identity is imposed right. onto you. And guess what? Your whole audience went to the same kind of institution. So inside these institutions, for some reason people accept that and are 
oppositional to forms such as ballet. So they'll be like, we shouldn't have as much ballet class because ballet is racist, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then in the critical theory courses, like critical approaches to dance, they're not critiquing the ideology. They're peddling the same bullshit, like de-skilling and like, we need to question form that has been peddled since the fucking 60s. Yeah, it's all, it's all from that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's very true. And then if, if you are a woman and you want to make work that is about parts of femininity that are like, they consider anti-feminist. Right. Like if you want to make a piece about, um, <laughs> this is a stupid example, but I'm just riffing here. So if I wanted to make a piece that was about the fact that I love men doing things for me, then, <laughs> which, if you're a feminist, you should say, well, she's making work that is about her as a woman. Right. But it's a very specific uh, frame of things that you can talk about. So if it's not within that frame, right. then the feminism doesn't apply to you. Yeah. Um, no, no, not at all. Yeah. And a good example of this is in my band, my bandmate, Nikki, she writes songs that a lot of feminists, I think, are rubbed the wrong way by because she's like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm addicted to men or, or something like this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Hot. That's what you have to say? Great. Yeah. But feminists are like, no, that's... We can't that's... like men here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, then what is... Then even the feminist, radical feminist approach is not really I feminist. remember when I took like a gender studies course in my liberal arts school. I, and it was my freshman year, so I was fresh-brained, which is a good place to be right. to approach some of this stuff if you're, like, decently, like, trying to be a critical thinker. Right. Because um, fresh-brained could be bad if you're ready to just absorb everything. everything. Yeah. But I remember, like, people love to shit on, like, the idea of, I don't know, even, like, the token like trophy wife which like not my goal but my thing is like feminism should not just be the antithesis of what the traditional woman looks like feminism is like a woman can be whatever a woman wants to be and it's right. just not that it's yeah. like if you're not the right type of feminist like, you can't be in our, like, woman club. Right. You can't be in our feminism club. Like, yeah, which is, like, why feminism is bullshit in a lot of senses. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of men that peddle feminism are, like, deeply misogynistic. The most condescending motherfuckers. Yes. Like, the whole thing, the disagreeing with a woman is inherently misogynistic. I think you're a misogynist. Like, right. if you think that... Totally. Because that means that your opinion is, uh... It can't be taken seriously on a critical level because you're a woman, um, which obviously is not is insane. Yeah, it's fucking insane. These people are insane. Totally, totally, and it makes a lot of art totally bankrupt of any kind of intellectual right uh, value and certainly creative value. And Claire Bishop makes an amazing point about this that. Um, we judge art based off of these kind of moralistic, um, is it, uh, instead of thinking about the art as like a, a comment in and of itself, it's like 
is this in line with the, right. the this uh, consensus that we've decided is like the proper ethical position to take? Absolutely. And art is autonomous or should be, and and that yeah. is the political value of art yeah. is that it's autonomous. Um, you know, Claire Bishop says in this kind of turn that we've taken towards uh, wanting art to embody democratic <laughs> values and all of these things. Mm. Um, one, it's bad for art, and it's also indicative of the fact that there is no political project no. that anyone... It's a sign of, like, a deep despair yeah. that people have. Yeah. Because the realm of the political has totally disappeared. disappeared. So you see kind of artists having to become social workers. Yeah. Um, and art having to become this giant therapy project. Yeah. And art is now responsible for doing democracy, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Well, and here's the thing that's absurd to me, too, that I've been thinking a lot about, is these people's idea of art doing democracy... It's insane. Well, yeah, it's so insane. But at the same time, these because a lot of the people that are doing it are thinking about themselves and what democracy because it's very individualized. Um, so these are the artists. So they are artists by identity because it's also like your job is your identity too. Yeah. Everything is your identity. Yeah, it's yeah. all in your bio yeah. <laughs> along with your Venmo. So it's all your identity. And um, so the idea of democracy no longer becomes that you are making art for the general public, which is what democracy is. Right. But it's democratizing, like kind of um, what it takes to become an artist. Like anybody can be an artist. Everybody is an artist. It's a very democratic procedure to get to the point where you're making art. Right. Rather than making art for the collective right. democracy. Yeah, The totally. demo. Yeah. Like there's, it's more about like democracy of artists. Right. Rather than thinking about the observer, the spec, like the, the spectator. spectator. Right, which a lot of times, this, you know, the idea of even being able to be a spectator is kind of not even really a, a thing. No. Especially, and Claire Bishop talks about this. <laughs> oh my gosh. This idea that everyone's an her. artist, uh, then suddenly everyone's a creator. So how do you even have an ability to present your work when the idea, and this is so prevalent in dance and performance art, mm -hmm. uh, the idea is everyone is an artist. So then it becomes a room full of uh, people that are all interested in just making things. Yes. You're not even thinking about like a public necessarily. Which even then once your, once your room, when you make something, anyone makes something, is full of other people who are also making things. And then you sprinkle in like the like capitalist, like comp competitive right. kind of thing. It's like the spectator, when they're also a creator, is obviously no longer a spectator, but like your market competition. Yeah. So not only does that inform who you're making it for, 
that also informs like how they're seeing it and right. how they're comparing it and how they're taking from it. And then it really is just a huge circle jerk. Totally. But also, um, I think that perpetuates why everyone is making things so individualized and beyond the ability to critique yeah. because I will say like even critique, it's hard to get critique that's pure and genuine and not market logic. Right. Even the critique itself, because everyone who's critiquing each other's work and watching each other's work is also a creator. Right. So at what point? <laughs> yeah. So then it's like in order to not be critiqued by people who want to like take you out of the market, it's like you have to be as beyond critique as possible. Right. Totally. Which is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll always criticize the kind of uh, your personhood. And yeah, this is so prevalent in dance because it's already human beings, right? You know, bodies. Mm -hmm. So, never mind the form. Never mind what what might be radical in the form. Right. Who is doing the dance? Yeah. Uh, what bodies are doing the dance? Yep. Uh, you know, you only had X amount of. Uh, brown people in your dance so then the critique becomes about that yeah but it's like well what if i uh just did something that was formally radical right it doesn't matter because it was all white people yeah and so then how does dance as a form progress at all or or, or change at it all it hasn't since the 60s exactly yeah and i love the argument that that is connected to a deep political sense of like malaise, like yeah. because there has been no uh, um, political change really. No, it's only been more of the same. We've kind of just been stuck at that. Austerity, end of austerity, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So it's kind of in this. Uh, they're in. It's in this relationship to each other. You know, the political situation affects the dancing, the and and informs the way we make work i think especially with performance it's most prevalent because it's so dependent on people and how we pe not just people but people in the public sphere uh not in the private sphere the way people interact with each other right. which is a very kind of a rentian point that yeah you know when you are public outward facing there is like a, a political aspect to that mm -hmm. so when we're in a political situation where there is no political. Yeah. Uh, then the dance reflects that. And right. It becomes this narcissistic circle jerk, and only your peers watch it. It's not about the general public, unless mm -hmm. you're doing advertisement. Yeah. Or Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Or Joe Biden. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think you made a really interesting point about like how the political affects the individual, or lack thereof, the political, which is still political <laughs> yeah. and how you know i think the problem with artists right now is rather than looking at that yeah um it's like accepting and absorbing that and like looking at each other right to totally. like do the work yeah instead of like making on what is being it's like just taking it take taking taking it taking right. it and Claire Bishop again talks about the lack of institutional critique. Right. So when you go from totally. 
Do you need a white ball? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so when you go from a theater, which there's a lot of institutional critique to make about a theater, which hasn't, like the theater hasn't disappeared. Like we no, still have light. a watermelon. I know, I never saw nice. it. So nice. So these things haven't died. Like they're still, I mean, we're COVID, so we don't know what's going to happen. But like for conversation's sake, like these worlds still exist. But, you know, the problem is these choreographers and creators are making something that can be performed anywhere. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like a black right. box or on a stage or in a museum. So you have to make it adaptable. Right. So you no longer have the ability to make an institutional critique. Right, exactly. At all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, and it ties into this idea of this uprootedness mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, there is yeah. no sense of like wanting to Groundedness, root your, exactly. yes, yes. So the pieces themselves kind of fly around. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, dance being rooted in a space. Yes. I feel like it's so fundamental to a lot of dance. Yeah. It's interesting. But then, again, the Judson Church, I think, is when you start to see this kind of uh, uprooting. Yes. And uh, at the time, I think there was something radical about it that was interesting. Yeah. Of. And I passed today, and there's a AOC quote right outside the church. Shut up. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, like, next door, there's, like, a little boutique that's selling, like, AOC t-shirts. And I'm like, God, Lower Manhattan is <laughs> insane. Well, yeah, it's a zombie corpse of, like, of <laughs> what it once was. Yeah. And, um, you know, they dress up the zombie corpse in, like, whatever is, like, radical chic at the time, which is AOC. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I used to really love Yvonne Rayner, and in some senses, I still do yeah. really appreciate her, but my body remains the enduring reality, mm. is one of her kind of big ideas during the Judson Church period. And how much more liberal can that get? <laughs> my yeah. body is yeah. the reality. Never mind an entire society that is shaping what this body is and where it can go and what it does. It's all, it's in the, you know, it's in the body. Uh, Mm. And and then that paired with aesthetically um, doing kind of the easiest, most pedestrian moves. uh, It totally is just liberalism kind of. Embodied. Literally. Yeah. In every way. Yeah. Whereas. You know, I think there's definitely a criticism to be made of, like, dance that fetishizes this insane athleticism. But at least in that right now, when I see that, there's something that is inspiring and provocative, you know, in watching maybe Sylvie Guillaume, even videos of Sylvie. You look at that and it's like, oh my god, look at what a body can do. Yeah, yeah. Not... Oh, her body is is just like mine. Yeah, it, <laughs> exactly. and it goes back to like relating on these very artificial levels too, which right, you see exactly. in a lot of liberalism. It's like yes, yeah, not uh, the transcendent aspect. Yes, of yes. Like when you watch Sylvie Guillaume dance, what you connect to is a transcendent, sublime kind of. Uh, aesthetic experience right but you connect to it yeah i don't know how you could watch her and be like this is alienating because she 
is so perfect. In and that's life. what I hate right now is, you know, it is true that like none of this is inherent. And it's concerning to me because if the whole next generation of artists is being trained to believe that Sylvie and what she does is alienating, then that and will be the truth. Exactly. Yeah, that will be the truth because there's nothing, it is art. And the point is that like, it's not inherently one or the other, but if everyone believes that it is and right. that's why I hate what's being taught and talked totally. about and peddled it's horrible yeah. and ugh. yeah it's totally absent of what I think I think again the political utility of art right which is that it is transcendent and there, and it yep. can embody things that don't exist yeah that is deeply political Right. The fact that it is autonomous and that it contains something that cannot be explained. Yes, yes. Is a deeply political thing that we should maintain and, and cultivate. Protect. Yes. And, and challenge to take further instead yeah. of further deconstruct. Exactly. Always. Because I do think the deconstruction of it was an important statement, but like, it no longer is. Why not cultivate a more DIY? Um, dance community yep. that still is doing company work, working with each other mm-hmm. on a smaller scale, but is still trying to do uh, performance work and not these kind of atomized yes, solo things. Yes, why yes, not, yes, yes, yes. Why not get together and make radical dance together and dance in each other's things? Mm-hmm. Like that—that that was the good part of the Judson Jury. And it's like, okay, I, <laughs> what I what I'll say is. If you have something with some kind of institutional backing and there's money being put into your project, you should obviously pay your dancers. Obviously. Duh. This is more for young people trying to make radical work that is not going to be commercially viable. Yeah. And and that we have to support each other in these endeavors and understand that to be a part of something radical... To be a part of something interesting where, where we're challenging each other, right. that is the value of it. Right. You know, that is the uh, the aesthetic value. That is, like, what is important. And it's not always going to manifest itself monetarily. Right. That's yeah. another thing is, obviously, then you have the collaborative act- aspect. Right. And this is what I think is interesting about dance as a form is I... It's hard to think of any other form... Where, you know, you have a choreographer, which is the creator, and you could talk about collaboration, but for simplicity, we'll say choreographer is creator. There is nothing else I can think of in terms of, like, forms of expression where, like, the creator, between the creator and the audience, there's another entity. Right, that is deeply aesthetic and artistic. Yeah, like another, another living person entity. Artistic entity. And without them and what they bring, uh, you know, the choreographer's vision, even the choreographer's vision is not, what they saw in their head is not what the audience sees because you have this living medium that it goes through. And I think that what I would love to see from dance is dancers themselves being more vocal, being more interested Mm -hmm. in what their own... uh, Without having to necessarily be a choreographer. Yes, Because not yes. every dancer is a choreographer. Well, and I think everyone wanting to be a choreographer has to do with what you were talking right. about, is having some sort of feeling of ownership over these things. Right. Because it also has a lot to do with um, this, like, kind of 
Uh, it goes a lot with intellectual property. Right, totally. Um, if it's the choreographer's intellectual property, I feel like a lot of times, like, you know, the dancer learns a lot through the process and contributes a lot through the process, but holds back just enough. It's transactional. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, what if we had a, a dance movement, in scare quotes, I don't know, I hate that word. Yeah. But <laughs> a dance aesthetic um where dancers were more uh vocal autonomous artists that were interesting things yeah and 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 understood their contribution beyond just doing moves uh, which yeah. of course you have to do the moves yeah. you should do them the way that the choreographer wants you to do them i'm not saying that but i'm saying that it's very much i'm Reaching back to Sylvie here. Mm-hmm. She does every person's choreography perfect, but it's Sylvie. And it's yeah. and she's an artist on in her yeah. own right. And there's something deeply emancipating yeah. and we've gone towards like the antithesis of being g- a good mover. Right. So then it's like, oh well, clearly the best thinkers are the ones who don't necessarily move as well. It's like this binary. Yes, it's totally. like either you're like technically great and like kind of don't think and right. aren't challenging or you're like technically lacking, which means you're automatically more challenging. I don't know why. I don't right. know what the logic is. It's like, it's, a, it's not a seesaw. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. And it goes, it's about the de-skilling. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I think that's what it probably comes from. <laughs> yeah, totally. Is the de- so like what we took from that for some reason we took the worst parts of it. Right. Like doing less impressive things is inherently more radical. Right. I could not be convinced that that's true. Right. I think it's. I think the impressiveness of something. Uh, I think it's independent of yeah, how totally. challenging it is. Exactly. You can you could also do something deeply impressive that is not challenging. Absolutely. I would say Boring. Emma Portner goes into this category. <laughs> and this is not a personal attack. Yeah. It's about the art. Yeah. You know, uh, I think there was a time when what she was doing was very radical. Right. Um, but now, you know, it's just impressive. I applaud the athleticism of it, sure. Right. But... Uh, it feels like advertisement at this yes. point, you know, and so it's like... Well, and this is why I must say, you know, a lot of the, like, challenging thinking concert dancers, it's funny, like to shit on Travis Wall. <laughs> right. But in a sense, it's like, it seems like it's only because they're taking... He's taking what they're doing right. to its end. Totally. He's and they just, want him to slow down because they can't, they don't like the fact that he exists. Yeah, because he's, he's outing them. them. He's outing them. He's outing because them. he's just doing it better so it's more commercially viable. When in the end, it's the, what these people are doing. But the only right. reason it's more commercially viable is because it's like done a little better. Right. So exactly. then they have to eliminate it from the marketplace by saying yeah, it's not totally. artistic. And, you know, it's only slight. It's commercially viable wise. It's on the same level as like what Emma Portner does. Right. Of course. Of course. I mean, 
you know, he was just on TV, so he has a bigger audience, and he teaches a bunch of kids, so he has a bigger audience. If she had that size audience, she'd fill the same, have the same exact audience. Yeah, right. Um, And you see, kind of this. You see it now percolating into the concert dance world, and kind of not tainting it because I don't think that that distinction is going to be even necessarily meaningful in right. the coming decade. I don't think the distinction between concert and commercial is going to mean anything in the next 10 years. Because We'll get to that. Because liquid modernity, it's all just yep. falling into each other. So mm-hmm. you have uh, comp- competition dancers now kind of and Instagram famous dancers are now people that are going into Charlie companies. <laughs> yes. She's gonna be in a company. So why not? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. You see it already happening. Yeah. You see competition dancers now being funneled into NDT. Yeah. And into Hubbard Street. And the inverse and of that you also see um famous young dancers um turning into pop stars that don't even dance and are famous for things that aren't even dance. Right. Dance has become it's become a means to an end mm-hmm. to getting famous. And sometimes the end is dance itself. Right. But it's still like, is it? It's still about like the social capital and right, the clout. Right. So yeah. Um, right. It's, it, uh, yeah, it's something that you saw in pop stars that were dancers that yeah. became pop stars. It's like, Dance because it's made out of human flesh, which to me is the most radical part of it, but also contained in that radical aspect is that it can be radically awful and that <laughs> it can turn you into a commodity. Right. Um, rather than. Well, people literally say that. Mm-hmm. They're like, be marketable. Yes. Yeah. Um, growing up in LA, it was all about <laughs> commercial dance, and they were like, it was never be a malleable dancer because that is challenging and interesting to you and your practice. It was always be a dancer that Hireable. can learn. Yes. Yep. They can learn choreography so you can be hired. But it was never about the aesthetic. Uh, that, yes, exactly. It was never about that. Which is why I think the concert dance world kind of tried to push back on that. But they pushed back on the aesthetic, but not the logic. Exactly. Yes, mm. totally, of course. So they kept the logic, but commodified the different type of aesthetic. Right. Which is why there isn't a distinction between the commercial and concert dance world. Right. <laughs> and you see it in, like, the viciousness of it all. Uh, right. You know, the dance is so vicious. I think it's the most so vicious, vicious form. Yeah. And... Some of that is justifiable in that it is so all in. You have to be right. so committed. Right. So anything like that is going to be passionate and more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's the body. So it's like people in a room like staring each other down and this kind of intense <laughs> feeling. Yeah. But at the same time, it's something that should be deeply collaborative. Yeah. And... Uh, Dance is something that is so ancient and beautiful yep. and important and all of these things, but now it's almost the most commodity fetishes art form. Right. <laughs> down to the body, down to the down flesh. Down to the bone.